Audience Matt Mosley. And um, excited right now to be joined by my longtime friend, John Warner, from the Waco Trib. And, John, I was at the beach last week just trying to get some R&R, and, of course, it never stops. The news cycle (laughs) never stops. And you remember, John, we had like a, oh, I guess about a decade to kind of recover from that first round of realignment. I mean, for people that don't remember, John, back in, oh, whatever that was, 2009 or 10, um, when the when it looked like the Aggies were going to leave that first time, and then, of course, they did end up leaving, um, then there was a, a period where everything kind of settled down, and then it all cropped up again. John, this feels like now almost an annual rite of summer. Uh, that all this is, is going to happen, and uh, isn't it amazing to now see that, that the Big 12, as we know it, it already was changing in a big way. John, by the time uh, we have media days this week, it, it may or next week, it may have changed even more. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's going to happen that fast, but, yeah, uh, there are definitely things in the works, and I think you're right. It's a lot like 10 years ago when that uh, first round of realignment happened. And, uh, man, you know, but the thing is this year, I think the Big 12 is is in a little better strength of position than back then. They weren't in – they were in pretty bad shape back then, just scrambling. And even last year they weren't in very good shape after Texas and Oklahoma left. Now the Pac-12 is in worse shape than the Big 12 after UCLA and USC left. So, uh, you know, at least, you know, they've, uh, they're have they kind of in a position of strength for once, which is kind of unusual for the Big 12. Yeah, we don't know how to act, do we? I, I, I thought the initial <laughs> reports were kind of funny because, like, the, you could tell people are used to the Big 12 being weakened because some of the national people the, early on said, well, the, the, the Pac-12 may look to add TCU and the Big 12. It was like they're so used to the Big 12 being weak that they immediately acted like the Pac-12 was going to be able to poach all these Big 12 teams. And, of course, that's not the way this thing appears to be playing out. And, and John, I don't – this loose partnership that's being discussed between the ACC and the Pac-12, I mean, that does nothing for me. I mean, can you imagine a a network out there like, oh, my gosh, okay, yeah, now that you're – now that you form this loose partnership, we'll pay you way more money. I mean that just I mean does that that to me that does not really move the needle that much some kind of alliance between the Pac-12 and the ACC. No, to me that sounds like one of those like Big 12 uh Big East basketball challenges or something like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean yeah, it doesn't yeah. sound like much of anything. And uh yeah, I think you're right. I mean there there's got to be some stronger ties than that. And, uh, you know, I do like – it sounds like the Big 12 is trying to be proactive and, and looking at four to six Pac-12 teams right now. I mean, who who knows what's going to happen. Um, but, gosh, uh, I, I think the Pac-12 is in kind of a bad spot. The, the most interesting thing will be what happens to Oregon and Washington. Those look like the two strongest schools left there. And, uh, you know, if the Big Ten wants them or, or if is the Big Ten going to see what Notre Dame does, 
but, you know, I would even say the Big 12's in a better spot than the ACC right now. I think you're right. I mean, they're, they're very poachable. Yeah, it is uh, strange. The Big 12 is now in the third position, although uh, we, uh, we hear people talking about the Big 2. Uh, John Werner from the Waco trip joining us. John, I can tell you're getting excited at the thought of those trips out there to Utah. BYU, <laughs> Oregon, Washington. I mean, that's a very – you're a very outdoorsy guy. You love to hike, uh, you and your wife. And, and uh, John, I can, I can kind of sense that you're getting excited about the possibilities. Well, you know, Baylor is going to Provo in a couple months. <laughs> so <laughs> that'll be a good preview right there. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, uh, those are some fun possibilities out west, uh, but – Gosh, who knows? I mean, just who really knows right now? Uh, yeah. But I think the the Big Twelve needs to get up to sixteen teams just just to have as many as the Big Ten and the SEC. I asked my Mormon dentist today if if when I visited Provo, he went to BYU. Could I could I, as a Baptist could I get in there and look at the Tabernacle and the the Temple? You know, some of those things there in Provo because that stuff interests me. And he said, and there's there's a there's a real pretty one. Uh, I think in Temple, Texas, there's actually a a, a Mormon temple, uh, LDS temple, um, and there's one in Dallas. And I was asking him, I'm like, now can I go in there and take a peek around? And he said, well, they'll let you in the lobby. <laughs> he said, <laughs> he said we can't we can't get past the lobby. Oh, oh man. That's funny. Yeah. Hey, they'll, they'll <laughs> let you in the in the tabernacle though. I, I went there three years ago and. Baylor was in a regional there, Baylor basketball. Oh, so they oh, will good. let you in. Let me say the sound quality there is pretty darn good. <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet that Mormon Tabernacle Choir, I would love to hear them someday. I mean, I kind of yeah. watch some of their YouTube videos. <laughs> some people watch, like, sports on YouTube. I watch videos of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. They do sound great, though. It's a good sound, and it re- and the acoustics are nice in there. I don't think we have any Baptist churches with those kinds of acoustics. You know, over at Columbus Avenue, it just kind of bounces around there. It's just not quite the same acoustics when I was going there uh, during my college days. Now, John Werner from the Waco Trib with us. John, you've had a look, and you voted on some of these players. The Big 12 preseason offense and defense. Uh, do you feel – now, first of all, it seems like K-State might be a little overrepresented. The Bears, you know, are one of the favorites to win, but they don't—they didn't exactly take the thing over. Uh, any Baylor players that you felt like may have been snubbed after you saw that list today of of, of what came out? No, you know, I think five is a really good representation. Uh, I mean, of course, uh, you know, Baylor's got to re- replace running backs and wide receivers, so, so they didn't get anybody there. Uh, but, you know, just the fact that they got Jacob Gall and Connor Galvin on the O-line, uh, you know, Siaki Ika, D-line, and uh, I thought Dylan Doyle was a great choice at linebacker. And, uh, yeah, let's see, uh, who am I missing? Yeah, Ben Sims, the tight end. So, you know, really, those are pretty much the five guys I, I thought they'd get. Now, maybe Grant Miller maybe should have got yeah. a little more love, but, you know, when you got two O linemen there already, that that's pretty solid. So no, I, I think it's it's very good, and 
you know, that's four more than Oklahoma got and three more than Texas got. Can you uh, – oh, I, glad, I love that. I love that you singled out the Sooners and the Longhorns on that. I think that's very appropriate. Although B. John Lamborghini Robinson did get preseason offensive player of the year, okay? That is a souped-up player in more ways than one uh, from the University of Texas. Now, John, we were trying – I may do this for my trivia this week. When was the last uh, tight end from Baylor to be on the preseason – all Big 12 team, and would you have to almost go back to the SWC days to find a a all Big 12? I mean, because I'm thinking back. I mean, it's not like Art threw to the the tight end that much, from what I recall. It, can you remember any no. tight end that would have been given consideration? I was trying to think of it earlier. I went all the way back to Steve Stutzman uh, as a possibility. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, even in the SWC, they didn't throw to the tight end that much. So, uh, gosh, boy, that that would take some research, Matt. I mean, that's like big time research. Uh, yeah, that's so, why. That, that's why I'm hoping you'll do it. <laughs> no, but Ben, <laughs> man, he deserves it. That that guy's a really good player, and he had a you know he's coming off a great year. Uh, you know, I thought he might go pro uh you know he came back uh, he probably wants to work on his blocking a little more but man he's a, he's a talented receiver and, and you know they went to him a lot last year and they probably will again yeah i mean especially since you know they don't exactly know who's going to star at wide receiver baldwin's a nice kind of deep threat but he's a smallish player that one player uh number 34 josh uh You'll remember his name. Yeah, Cameron. He was, yeah. yeah, Josh Cameron. Just They just took his red shirt off. I mean, this yeah. is not a highly decorated group of wide receivers. Gavin's been around, but because of injuries, hasn't been able to play a lot. So that'll kind of right. be fascinating to see who emerges from that group. Do you like any of those four or five guys that might be in the running? Jalen Ellis, I think, is another. Is it Ellis? Yeah, Jalen. I'm, I'm, obviously, I need to. I need to get to know my wide receivers. Who is the uh, – is any of those wide receivers stand out to you? Well, I think Monterey could be really good. You know, he he had that uh, big run in the Sugar Bowl. I think he could be really good. Uh, you know, and like you mentioned, Cameron really came on during the spring. He kind of came out of nowhere, really. Uh, and, you know, Holmes, gosh, who, who knows? He's been injured so much. Uh, gosh, what's his sixth year, I think? Um so yeah, he, uh, you know, if he, he came through with a big year, he he could be a really good possession receiver. Uh, Ellis, yeah, that, that's another guy. But uh, you know, those guys will emerge. You know, on like college teams, I never worry a whole lot about receivers. I I just think there's so many good ones to go around that somebody's always going to come out on top and you know be a really good player. I mean, I mean, Baylor's had good receivers for a long time, and I, I don't think that's going to stop. Yeah, I just I, I kind of worry more than you do, I think, and uh, I that's a, that's a position of need in a sense. But um, it's funny. Do you ever look at those tweets that the strength and conditioning coach puts out? I, for some reason, I measure everything on who wins the day in weightlifting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Receivers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've always looked at it. Oh, yeah. No, but but I like to look at all those guys. And, there, and sometimes some of the groups, the same guy wins it a whole bunch. It seems like hmm. Matt Jones, 
Doyle, and then I'll look up and uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, Byers will win it on the O line, and then my man Mose Jeffrey. Uh, he ah, okay. he must be enormously strong. And there's another guy, John, and you would know that. I I, I never have known how to say it because he doesn't get to play a lot. But Mazkua, you know M A Z Z U C A or some something like that. Mazuka, that yeah. dude wins the weightlifting competitions a lot. And, I mean, he is a monster. I've always thought, golly, if that dude can play at all, uh, he could really do some damage out there. Now, John, have you taken a peek at the Baylor Bears as they uh, are in these Toronto Global Games? It's funny. I think it's yes, confusing to fans. I watched the whole game. Really? Well, about 30 minutes of it because the first 10 uh, didn't come on. <laughs> It took them a oh, while gosh. to get their ESPN plus. Uh-huh. Get the feed but, going. Oh my gosh! Keontae uh, George is on fire. He was, you know, he came out, he hit a three, and then, it, gosh, he kept hitting them. He hit six out of twelve. Uh, boy, great explosiveness to the basket. And and this is a guy, you know, they they got a lot of their veterans hurt right now or, or not playing. And man, he he looked. Pretty darn confident. I think I think he would have scored forty if he hadn't gotten ejected in the fourth quarter. <laughs> I I didn't even see that. I know he's finished with thirty two. What did he What did he do to get ejected? Well, he had already gotten a, a technical earlier in the game, and then right. with I think it's six seventeen left in the game, he shot a three pointer, and he thought he was fouled from behind. And uh, it wasn't called, and apparently he said something and he got tossed. But uh, <laughs> man, he he was pretty remarkable. I mean, that guy—he's probably probably the high, most highly touted guy they've had come out of high school. And boy, he he looks like he's the real deal. Yeah, that's kind of exciting to watch him. And he was uh, doing some crossovers. Those those European teams, oh, I don't know how old those guys are, but they always look a lot older, bigger, and that was some bruising. And, of course, I don't know if those were international officials or whatever, but, uh, John, I won't call anybody by name, but I will just say uh, I have heard from the Baylor coaching staff. I don't think they were, I don't think they were uh, overly uh, enthusiastic about the officiating that happened in that game. So I uh, – I'll take a peek tonight in that eight o'clock game. Who do we have this evening? The Canadians. Who do, who's uh, on yeah. tap tonight? Canada at eight o'clock. Okay. Every time I hear Canada, I think like Brady Heslip's going to show up and play. Or <laughs> now these guys are supposed to be twenty-three and under. Now, oh, okay. They, they might they might check uh, Brady's license there. He might yeah. look over twenty-three by now. Yeah, and Devontae Bandu is now probably over the age of 23. So Kenny Cherry also <laughs> Kenny Cherry. now in his late 20s. <laughs> right. Had a pretty good run of uh, Canadians. Yeah, oh, I'm trying God, to remember. Yeah. What, was Freddie from Minnesota? I feel like he's yes. been, at some point he, he went through. Minneapolis yeah. area, yeah. Okay. Some reason I had him in Canada at some point. but uh, yeah, That's pretty close, though. Oh, he played for Toronto for a little bit. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about. He played for the yeah, Raptors later on. Uh, well, it's uh, so that'll be tonight, and uh, well, John, it's fun, always fun catching up with you. I just there was a lot going on in Baylor land and in college football, and uh, I all you know how bad I am about these media days. I I just I always seem to no matter when I plan my vacation, 
It always interferes, and so I'm off to Italy next Wednesday oh, on the first awesome. day of yeah. So cover for me and tell everybody I said hey, okay? Uh, Sounds great, my, Matt. Yeah, but great to visit with you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, enjoy your trip. Thanks, buddy. There he goes, John Warner, the Waco Trib, the dean of local beat writers and uh, really writers across the state. John does a great job. He's a great friend. And uh, the man loves a good hike. In fact, if uh, probably a little warm today to be out there at Cameron Park, but uh, any chance he gets, he's off to Colorado. Uh, the man loves a cabin. And Maine likes to get up there to the northeast and do that kind of thing. Aaron, you and John, um, sometime if you ever want some elevation changes, call up John and y'all go walk, go for a little hike out at Cameron Park. How's that sound? I wouldn't be opposed to that. It's nice out there. Okay. I'll set you guys up uh, uh, on a little uh, hike.